the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Do it today. If I sound a little nasally, well, I finally joined the COVID ranks. I'm on about day, I don't know what day into this thing that I am. Who knows when it starts, but I'm here to say you can do a podcast even when you've got COVID. Couple days I couldn't have, but today I can. And maybe because I've got a little bit of a bug, I am ready to rant. I I I'm I open the you know the websites, the news sites, and I go, what the hell? I, what world am I living in when this is a headline? Professor argues math education is white and cis heteropatriarchal space. Limits queer and students of color. Limits queer and students of color. Math does that. Here's another one. Non-binary teacher boasts on changing students' genders without parents knowing. They need protection. Yeah, I, I'm going to argue that the kids need protection from these students and these people who think it's their job to raise our kids. You know, they say it takes a village or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yes, neighbors help each other out. But teachers who get in between kids and their parents are no longer supporting and helping. They are getting between students and parents. That's insane. That can't stand. And then there's this little gem, Florida woman rescued from storm drain. (laughs) Let me start that again, just so you really take in what I'm saying. Florida woman rescued from storm drain, here's the kicker, for third time in less than two years. Oh, let's get into all of that, shall we? That's coming up. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. So education has been important to me since probably the day I was born because my mom was an educator. She was a teacher of math and and Spanish in particular, but she taught math as well. She subbed, she taught all levels from junior high school to high school. And our parents told us specifically, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be the next Meryl Streep. And they said, yeah, that's great. Go get your education first. You are not doing any nonsense until you get your education. Go get your education, and then we'll talk about your dreams of Hollywood, which 
thank God, kind of subsided and I came to my senses. So education is important to me. I think people should have the freedom to teach their kids or have their kids taught in the schools of their choice, whether that be a Catholic school, a private school, homeschool, a charter school, a public school. Parents ought to be able to have that control, not the state, not the federal government. I mean, look how well the federal government's handling everything from classified documents to to inflation to our debt. You want them handling your students' education? See, we put too much faith in the government to do stuff, and they don't do it well. So why do we keep putting our faith in them? Why? Okay, then my voice goes up when I get upset. So this article jumped out at me today. Professor argues math education is white and his, let me try to get this right, white and cis heteropatriarchal space limits queer and students of color. This is not just some math professor at some tiny little liberal arts school in New Hampshire. This is um, a Vanderbilt professor. Vandy, Vanderbilt is considered one of the best academic institutions in America, but I'm starting to have questions. Heck, as you know, I sent my diploma back to UC Berkeley, from which I earned it, because I'm starting to question their values as well. But let's go on. A Vanderbilt professor delivered a lecture earlier this month at a major mathematician meeting that described college math education as white and cis-heteropatriarchal. Okay, I'm not even sure I know what that means. I know patriarchal means that men control everything, right? They're the patriarchs. They are oppressing women, yada, yada, yada. Cis-hetero. Okay. I'm going to claim ignorance. I should probably look all this stuff up, but quite frankly, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't add value to my life. So I'm not going to, but I'm going to continue telling you this. Luis Leva, assistant professor of mathematics at Vanderbilt University, delivered a lecture titled Undergraduate Mathematics Education as White Cis-Heteropatriarchal Space and Opportunities for Structural Disruption to Advance Queer of Color Justice, according to the website of Joint Mathematics Meeting. I know you're, you're probably sitting here going, Michelle, you lost me. This sounds so stupid. Why are you continuing with this story? Because I want you to understand what's going on in academia in America today. And, and you could say, oh, just, yeah, but my, my kids won't be affected. And I trust my kids to do the right things. But when we also contrast this or compare this or include in this conversation the fact that little four and five-year-olds are being taught what bi- non-binary means, what gender fluid means, when they... Oh, they're ready. They're ready at three and four to understand. Well, then you might as well teach them that when you're holding up five fingers, it's just one, that the color of the sky is yellow and that the leaves on the trees are blue. What you're doing is you're, you're, you're changing language on us. Language is the way that we all communicate, the way that we structure our communities, that we talk to one another so that we can understand each other, so that we can make agreements, so that we can do deals, so that we can be neighbors, so that yada, 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 yada. So that when I say help, it doesn't mean I'm fine. It means I really need help, 911 over here. And so that when I say I just like one order of fries, I just get one order of fries, not 16. 
I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to get really basic here. So you understand what's happening in academia. I think language is being twisted to advance an agenda that is trying to, I'm not really sure what the hell they want. I'm really not sure. Let me read on and let's try to figure it out. The lecture consisted of two parts. The first half of the lecture showed findings from Leva's research about the educational experiences of 39 undergraduate queer and trans students of color pursuing STEM majors across historically white and minority serving universities in the United States. Okay. So he talked to 39 people in the United States, 39 John Berg, my producer there in the other studio, help me out. What is the, in general, what's the population of the United States of America? Oh, I think we're at 330 at least million now, and it might have okay. climbed. That might be a couple of years old, those numbers. Okay. So 330 million, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a plus or minus. So 39 people <laughs> out of 330 million people. Now I know. I'm just saying that's a small little sample. And these are queer and trans students of color. So not just queer and trans students, but queer and trans students of color. Now, what color? I don't know. Does it matter? They're not white. So I guess that's all that we care about, right? By the way, what does it take to make you not white? A little aside here, because I am Hispanic. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now, a lot of people... <laughs> I had a guy ask me one time, really? He asked me on his podcast, really, you're Hispanic? How come you've never been on that list of hottest Latina sportscasters? Okay, well, I got a couple answers there. One, I'm not hot. And two, maybe people have decided that my last name, Tafoya, doesn't make me Latina enough. Look at me. I don't know. I don't know why I haven't been on that list. I didn't try to get on that list. I mean, what kind of question is that? So, again... I am Latina. My mom happens to be Irish and German. At what point do you say, oh, well, then you're not Latina? Now, I mean, we have different standards for different shades of brown and black. I don't get it. Again, this is where I think we're just overanalyzing to our detriment. God dang, life is too short you ain't for this black. crap, isn't it? Do that one more time, John. You ain't black. Oh, thank you. Mr. President, you ain't smart. All right, um, here we go. So he researched. Come on, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just telling it like it is. 
educational experiences of 39 undergraduate queer and trans pursuing STEM majors across historically white and minority serving universities in the United States. Well, that's a really interesting description. Historically white and minority serving universities in the United States. Isn't that every university? I guess what he didn't do was go to historically black colleges. Maybe, maybe that's the difference. Okay. Leva's lecture abstract states the quote findings depict how black, Latin, and Asian queer transgender students' narratives of experience reflect forms of intersectionality or instances of oppression and resistance at intersecting systems of white supremacy and cis heteropatriarchy. All right. That sentence I just read. This is a math professor trying to tell us stuff that fits his agenda. STEM education as a white cis-heteropatriarchal space to capture how intersexual oppression did I say intersexual? That was a that was a blunder. That was Freudian. How intersectional oppression among QT students of color, QT means queer trans students of color, unfolds across three interconnected levels of influence in undergraduate STEM: ideological, institutional, and relational. Holy God! In addition, I highlight findings that illustrate structural disruptions defined as educational structures and practices that resist intersectional oppression in undergraduate STEM. (laughs) Stay with me, please. There's a reason for this. The second part of that lecture included coping strategies among QT students of color navigating white cis-heteropatriarchy in STEM for protecting their academic success and intersectional identities. I quote him. I apply my framework and research findings to argue how undergraduate mathematicians education. This is how frustrating this is. It's hard to even read. I apply my framework and research findings to argue how undergraduate mathematics education operates as a white cis heteropatriarchal space that limits learning opportunities, affirming of queer and color. No, affirming of queer, of color identities and experiences. I conclude by reimagining undergraduate mathematics education with structural disruptions that advance justice for learners marginalized across intersections of race, gender, and sexuality, Leva said. Levis delivered the lecture at the largest mathematics gathering in the world on January 4th in Boston at the joint mathematics meetings in 2023. Okay. Okay. If we're going to get so granular and we're going to this intersectionality stuff, here's how I'm going to describe myself. I am an Irish German Spanish woman who is brunette and is small breasted. And therefore my experience in the entertainment industry was hindered by the fact that my cup size was not large enough to get me magazine covers 
and interviews on the late night talk shows. And I wasn't pretty enough to get more attention than I did. I want to disrupt that. So here I go. I, I Maybe this goes somewhere, maybe it doesn't. But this stuff exists and it's out there all over the place and it should matter to you. Or we could just go, you know what, this guy, whatever, he's got his little area of study and I, you know, you could say, oh, you're demeaning him. I feel demeaned by this. I feel like you are, I feel like this guy is saying, if you're queer, if you're trans, if you're black, if you're brown, you are somehow incapable of excelling in the world of mathematics. And I, I say no. I say no. Unless you choose to feel victimized in your own skin and you say, I can't understand it. No, 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 no. Your identity has should not impact the way that your brain absorbs math. All right. I need a breather. When we come back, I'm going to go, now that's college. I'm going to go to high school next, where parents, beware, because teachers want to come between you and your students. Back after this. So I know this might be hard to swallow, but... A food shortage could be coming even in the United States. Boy, do you remember during COVID how there people, toilet paper and bottled water were flying off the shelves. I remember walking into a store and someone was proclaiming, they have toilet paper, they have toilet paper. It was like, hurrah. So survival food may be more important than ever. Just having stuff in your basement that could be there for you for if there's ever an emergency. You can create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. Now, this is not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years, super survival food. Hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the United States of America and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And from my lips to God's ears, we'll still have gas stoves in order to boil that water. Right now, you can go to 4patriots.com and use code MICHELLE, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. That's the number 4patriots.com slash MICHELLE, including this three-month survival kit. You'll get their famous year-long guarantee after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called 4Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to 4patriots.com. That's the number 4patriots.com. Use code Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, to get 10% off. That's 4patriots.com, code Michelle. Start building your own stockpile today. Okay, I'm still in a mood. (laughs) Here we go. A California teacher named Olivia Garrison bragged about helping students hide their social transitions from parents on Monday. Bragged. 
about helping students hide their social transitions from parents. Okay. I know there's going to be this group of you with the knee jerk reaction that, well, some kids can't tell their parents because they're going to get abused. They're going to get, I understand very well that there are problems in homes between parents and their kids. I do. But I also know that the law means until a student or a child is taken away from its parents, the parents get to decide how to raise their children and where to educate their children. And the more school choice we have out there, by the way, the more opportunities parents will have to choose where their kids go to school and how they're educated. So this in California, Olivia Garrison bragged about helping students hide their social transitions from parents Monday. Fox News Digital, yes, this is from Fox News. (gasps) Fox News Digital found that Garrison, a ninth grade history teacher, worked at Del Oro High School located in the Kern High School District. So this is a ninth grade history teacher, not a social worker, not a nurse, not a PE teacher, not an advisor, a history teacher. Social transitioning is a first step for transgender children. It entails adopting new names, pronouns, changing their clothing, and getting haircuts to match a preferred gender expression. The New York Times reported, oh no, the New York Times, see, I'm, I'm balancing it out here. The New York Times reported Olivia Garrison, a history teacher in Bakersfield, California, who is non-binary, has helped students socially transition at school without their parents' knowledge. So you send your kid to school and there are many things that you hope when you drop them off, you hope that they're safe. Number one, you hope that they're being taught, educated (laughs) stuff that matters. You hope that they're happy. You hope that they have friends. You hope that your teachers there are honest with the parents. This teacher, Olivia Garrison, says, my job, which is a public service, is to protect kids. Sometimes they need protection from their own parents, she told the Times. The report concerned liberal parents who were outraged about teachers such as Garrison icing them out of their child's care. I mean, I mean, I, this makes me so mad that I just felt like a If you don't have kids, th- this is this is just a fact. If you don't have kids, you can't possibly understand how challenging it is to raise a kid and how what it feels like to love your kids. You get in the way of that, you might want to brace yourself. The report, again, concerned liberal parents. So not just conservative parents who were outraged about teachers such as Garrison icing them out of their child's care. The district Garrison works for is also involved in blocking parents from being in the know on social transitions. For example, the California district has a pronoun change request form that students can fill out without their parents' knowledge or involvement, according to its website. The district goes on to list Garrison as an advisor at the Gay S, the Gay Straight Alliance Club, the GSA, the Great Gay Straight Alliance Club. 
please complete the request for name change slash gender marker form and submit to your site principal. A parent signature is not required to submit the form, the district said. Garrison is one of many teachers involved in helping to conceal gender transitions in schools. A Maryland teacher, Lane Codgel, admitted intentionally concealing students' gender changes on TikTok, especially from parents. Lane Codgel works at Silver Spring International Middle School in the Montgomery County Public School District, according to its website. The teacher uses they, zir, they, them, and he, him pronouns. That's a lot of pronouns. How am I supposed to know what to use on what day if you have six pronouns? Or do you just, as long as I use one of those, I'm good. This goes back to the language thing, folks. This goes back to language and trying to twist it so that we can, uh, communication becomes I don't know what it becomes. It becomes nearly impossible. And and heaven forbid you misgender or mispronounce someone, whether it's accidental, intentional, or not. When when the language police come out and you utter something and are held to consequences because you uttered the wrong pronoun, what we're in territory that is not only un-American, it's authoritarian. That should, that should concern every freaking human. And here's why it should concern, even if you agree with these pronouns and, and you think that if, it, if the tables are turned and you get called out for using a term or a word or something that someone doesn't agree with and you get held to account, This is insanity. Kajal explained that when students question their gender, the teacher will ask them for their name and pronouns and would help hide it from school administrators and parents upon request. Mandy Young, an anti-capitalist science teacher from Minneapolis, revealed that she used a survey which allowed students to conceal a gender identity change in her classroom. The questions ask students about their preferred pronouns and names and whether those can be used when speaking directly with a student's parents. Other teachers around the country have boasted, including gender theory in their classroom, libraries, and curriculum. Sky Tooley, a teacher at Saturn Street Elementary, elementary, located in the Los Angeles Unified School District, discussed on TikTok using a gender-fluid stuffed animal to teach children on pronouns and being non-binary. Gender fluidity refers to change over time in a person's gender expression or gender identity or both. This is a llama unicorn. I thought it was so cute to let my kids name the llama unicorn. It was a mistake. So this little llama is gender fluid. We will be practicing pronouns with this little llama, Thule said. Children are very much ready for these topics and are way more accepting than adults when it comes to gender, gender assumptions, pronouns, all the things. And it is child development appropriate and age appropriate, the teacher said. According to whom? You're a teacher 
who identifies as non-binary, good for you. What do you know about what my what is appropriate for my kid when it comes to gender? Because see, ultimately, gender and sex are related. And sex education, I, I, I don't want my elementary school kid being taught this crap. And unfortunately, it's all over the web. So now you can't, you, you can't avoid it. Tuli provided another example of a stuffed animal that had they, them pronouns. I started talking to students about Norbert the narwhal, who uses they, them pronouns. And we practice making mistakes with their pronouns as well as correcting them. Well, another teacher in the Sacramento City Unified District, Danita McRae, recommended using a gender unicorn with toddlers to introduce gender theory. Now, early childhood is zero to eight years old, so that's kind of like from preschool to third grade. And the focus of this workshop is to provide you with positive strategies to support transgender and gender nonconforming children, McRae said in a a video exclusively obtained by Fox News Digital. I've done research. I have got my doctorate degree. Children are not too young at five years old. Children understand gender as early as three years old, she said. They may understand it. They may understand that that's a boy and that's a girl. But you need to get into every nuance in between with these kids. Here's what I want you to teach my kids from zero to eight. I want you to teach them the alphabet. I want you to teach them how to write their names. I want you to start with some basic mathematics. One plus one equals two, because it does. I want you to teach them how to get along with other kids. Oh, but that requires acceptance of non-binary. No, what it means is you just treat people the way you want to be treated. Okay? But to what you're saying here is now you're going to introduce theory to toddlers. I'm out. John, did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, you might as well start with like lurid poetry in, in English class for these kids. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> and these teachers know this. And Michelle, you talk about history a lot. I'm also a, a, a reader of history. It's a, it's a passion of mine. <clears throat> and I can't help but be reminded of the Chinese Cultural Revolution in the 1960s. And I don't know if you're aware of some of the stories. Uh, they get awfully horrible. But one of the things they did, the young revolutionaries, this is the second generation of revolutionaries, mind you. The first generation was late 40s and early 50s that fought their way to independence from, well, with Mao. The revolutionaries would change their names. This is in the 60s. They would change their names. They would change everything about them that identified them with pre-revolution times. And then they turned on their own parents. There was instances. uh, There's a great documentary film I've watched on YouTube. We should actually link to that and throw it on social media. Um, There was instances where, where, where young revolutionaries actually beat their revolutionary parents to death for being insufficiently revolutionary. I actually have audio from G. Van Fleet who talked about this a couple of years on Fox. It's from Hannity, and I've got a couple of statements. We could listen to those if you'd like, but 
History repeats itself. I'm not saying that these teachers and the people who push this garbage, this poison, are aware of that. That's not what I'm saying. But this is leftist Marxist history repeat, repeating itself. And I don't care if it's CRT or if it's gender theory. The, the stories you're telling are disgusting. Notice, go back 20 years and notice the dynamic between the state and the citizen, how, how it's been completely turned on its head. These, are, yeah. these, these teachers are public servants. They are having a trial apparently within their mind as to the guilt or the innocence of the parent and judging their parenting with a, a, apparently no outside uh, uh, input. Uh, they're certainly not confronting these parents. These parents are essentially going through like a, a, a trial in the teacher's mind and being sentenced with, without any due process. And, and, <laughs> and the rights to their own child's mind are being taken away from them by the state, not by the state. There's, there hasn't been any, as far as I know, California aside, there isn't legislation for this. This is no, you, I mean, it's funny that we bicker about taxes and stuff with the government when this is what they think. They actually own your kids. Their ki- your kids are their resource. I mean, forget tax arguments and stuff. We have to have these fundamental arguments. It's disturbing. And that's my that's my rant for the day, Michelle. I'm just, glad you interjected. I, I just I w- had to I w- include that. I'm, I'm really glad John Berg, my producer here, is really smart and very well read. And I'm glad you interjected that. Because remember, people, when you look at your paycheck and you know that you're paying taxes, your taxes pay for public school teachers. Okay, so you're paying their salaries. And they think they own your kids' minds. Get involved. For God's sakes, get involved. Okay, one more breather, and then we've got, we're going to end on a little kind of a fun note. Uh, That's what we're going to do. Well, we are in crazy times in so many ways, financially for certain. And, you know, you see a lot of commercials out there for gold and silver, but Legacy Precious Metals is the company that I trust for investing in gold and silver. And they have taught me a lot. And what I have come to understand is that gold is a hedge against inflation. It protects against a weakening dollar. It does stuff for your portfolio that stocks can't do, bonds can't do. So at least ask some questions, get educated. Remember 2008? Those who invested in gold saw significant gains. Others lost their retirements. So get some information. You have options, which is the good news. Gold prices are rising because investors are turning to gold for that protection that I talked about, that hedge against inflation. Legacy precious metals, they're the ones I trust. You need an investment that's going to protect your wealth and retirement. So call them, be proactive while there's still time. You can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or go ahead and download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Okay, so John Berg referenced uh, Xi Van Fleet, this former, well, this Chinese person. L- let's, ro- let's roll this. Let's listen. I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, Growing up in Mao's China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist, the Chinese cultural revolution. 
The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. Amen. That's from Fox um, News. Th- that's from Fox News. We'll credit them. Okay. Thank you, John. Uh, on that note, I do want to give an update before we go to our fun story to finish. Hamlin University Faculty Council calls on President Fainese Miller to resign. We've talked about this story where a professor was let go because she showed a picture of Muhammad in an art history class. It was on the syllabus. She warned students it would be shown. The teacher was let go because one Muslim was offended, or maybe two, what we know is one. And the president of the Hamlin University said, you know, yes, academic freedom is important, but our students' feelings are more important. Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing there. But now this is an update in the last 12 hours. Hamlin University Faculty Council calls on President Fainese Miller to resign. We'll keep you posted on that. But I think that's a really important and I think good development um, in that in that whole story. All right. Let me finish with this. You always hear the Florida man story. We got a Florida woman story for you here. And in all honesty, I, I live part time in Florida, so own a house there. I, too, am sort of a Florida woman, but here we go. Florida woman rescued from storm drain for third time in less than two years. Uh, Okay, (laughs) this is last week. The Delray Beach Police Department said officers and firefighters responded to the report of a woman possibly in distress while swimming in a canal near the 500 block of Lindell Boulevard, uh, the department said officers located the woman, <laughs> excuse me, identified as Lindsay Jane Kennedy and asked if she needed help. Kennedy reportedly ignored them and climbed into a storm drain pipe. Delray police said she refused to come out and began crawling further into the culvert pipe, which crossed under Lindell Boulevard. Firefighters were able to keep Kennedy between two sections of pipe while the Delray Beach Fire Rescue Special Operations Team utilized a ladder and a rescue harness to pull her out, Kennedy appeared to have minor injuries and was treated at the scene before being transported to a hospital for further evaluation. Delray police said the fire department previously rescued Kennedy from a storm drain in March 2021 after she had been missing for three weeks. Uh, according to local news outlets at the time, Kennedy told police she went swimming in a canal near her boyfriend's house on March 3rd, the same night her boyfriend reported her as missing. While swimming, she said she entered a doorway in the shallow part of the canal and noticed a tunnel. She continued following tunnels until she realized she was lost. Kennedy was eventually rescued near the intersection of West Atlantic Avenue and Southwest 11th Avenue after a woman called 911 to report a woman yelling for help from inside the drain. She said she had stopped walking in that area because she could see light and people walking past her. The woman, who was 43 at the time, told police she had been walking in the sewer system for about three weeks and had been living off an unopened can of ginger ale that she found in the drain. Oh, this is kind of sad. Her mother said she has a history of mental illness, a frequent user of illegal narcotics, a history of doing odd things and making bad decisions. Okay. Uh, word to the wise, don't go into storm drains. I, I feel for her. I hope she gets the attention she needs and deserves. All right, folks. It's just another Wednesday in America, right? 
This has been Sideline Sanity. Be brave and do good. And for God's sakes, don't let America uh, go the way of other communist authoritarian nations before us. We're the last great hope on earth in spite of our imperfections. See you next time. Always a good day when Charles Thorngren of Legacy Precious Metals can join us and answer some really different questions. And I thought of a few new ones for you, Charles, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated and we hear so much about gold and silver and, and precious metals. So if I could just ask this broad question, what is the role of gold mm. in a portfolio? Great question. And when we look at that, and the answer to that is, has a couple of different features to it. It depends on the individual. But its main purpose is the insurance policy for your finances. It is meant to be the foundation by which you do all other things, right? We know that gold and silver um, have an inverse relationship to the dollar. Um, it protects your purchasing power. So when we invest, that's what we're saying. We want to make sure that we have the ability to manage our money and have our money do what we need it to do for us. It's not the collection of dollars for dollar's sake, but for what it does for us, how we pay our bills, how we retire, how we feed our family, how we uh, go on and bless others and, and donate to causes we believe in. That's what money does for us. It's not the dollar itself. It's the thing it provides for us. And what gold does is make sure that that money continues to have purchasing value. Because there are times we find that, hey, my money doesn't have the same purchasing Absolutely. value it had last month. Absolutely. And, and this is a unique time. We're seeing it. <clears throat> I, I This term called hyperinflation, which usually refers to, you know, inflation in the 18s and 20 percent. I consider this a time of hyperinflation because it's so much more than what we're normally used to. Right. When we prepare and we budget and we say, this is the course of my life and this is how I'm going to do things, this is where I'm going to put my money, we use some basic numbers, 2 to 3% inflation. That's what the Fed says is good. But that's not even great. Over a lifetime, that's a lot of inflationary loss to your dollar. But when you have a period where it jumps to the points where we're at now and we're in the eight and a half, nine is going to be into the double digits soon, in this shorter time frame, that's a hyperinflation situation to me because it throws everything off dynamically and so, so radically. You do, you do see us going into double digits, huh? Absolutely. Oh. The Fed even sees us going into double digits. You know, there was a, an interesting report where one of the, the Fed chairmen were saying, 2023, we're not going to talk about that. But in 2024, by summer, we may be able to start to drop the interest rates. When someone tells me they're in charge of something, but they say this new year that's coming, just forget about that completely. We're not even going to talk about that. That's a bad sign. <laughs> they don't want you to think about it. Exactly. They, don't, they want you to look past it and sort of ride it, ride it off right now. Just don't even think yeah. about it. It's going to be bad. But hey, 2024, though, you know, and interestingly enough, right around the time of an election, they want to start talking about what they're going to do. Isn't that fascinating? That timing is just really interesting. Before I we finish up here, I, I'm always fascinated with how gold is priced. How, how do we get a price of gold? You know, the spot price of gold is really determined by the world market. 
the London Bullion Exchange, right? And this has been for hundreds of years now, um, sets a price and the rest of the world revolves around that. Now, our currency will determine how much more than it is in the pounds and things like that. And there's a calculation for it. But that's one of the great things about gold and silver. Their value is recognized around the world. No matter what currency, what country you're in, it has value. Uh, I just recently come back from a trip where I was overseas not that long ago, and I bring gold with me everywhere I go. Um, not a lot, so don't try to catch me in the airport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have something that is valuable no matter where I'm at. I can go anywhere in any country and turn that into its currency in no time at all. You're talking about carrying around physical gold? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Do you, do you, do you How walk much around is with safe dollars? to carry around if you're well? No, you're right. Uh, so if and and that gold is going to have the same uh, value across the board, no matter no matter where I go, slight right? Because very slight deviations, yeah. but it's not very large. Okay. You know, usually less than one yeah. percent difference in the price. This is really interesting. I, I can't let you go before I ask you this because I'm picturing you now walking around with some <laughs> you know, gold coins in your pocket. I'm thinking, wow, that would feel risky. But when you go into another country, for instance, with some gold, how easy is it for you to go say, here, I want to exchange this for, or, you know, I'm assuming you're not going to a restaurant and slapping down a gold no. bullion or something. No. But you could overseas. In certain places of the world, they recognize that just like regular currency. Wow. But I wouldn't use but, gold. But it's dinner. easy to ch exchange once you get to another country? Yeah. Just very easy. Most of the time you can do it at the airport. Same places where they change currency. A lot of them will change uh, metals too. And is physical bullion the, the, the best way to go? It is. It really is. When you're traveling or always in any investment in gold? Uh, you know, there's certain things you can do outside of just bullion that may make sense once you've laid a portfolio down, right? Um, diversity in metals is important too, but your basis for all investments should be your basic bullion, whether it's gold or silver. You want to have that foundation set in the base metal itself, giving you the most value that you can get. And obviously every person's situation is unique. So why not just call and speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or they can always download your free investor's guide, right? It's true. at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Do you have any gold on you right now? I do. Give me half a second. I got to see this. I just want to see. I mean, I, it's, it seems like almost like in the old days when you walk around with that, you know, Mr. Scrooge and his gold coins in his pocket. Not that you're, can you sort of turn it around and show us that? That's now for our listeners, they're not going to be able to, to, just to see what we're seeing, but you've got a little container and they're just, they're kind of the size of half dollars, right? Yeah. Would just about a half dollar. Dollars, and this or? is, this is the American gold Eagle. And this is a, uh, $22,000 worth of metal. Yikes. Charles isn't messing around <laughs> and neither are we, but please go get your questions answered. This is such an important time to be thinking about your money, your long-term play in addition to every short-term concern that you have. Charles, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And you know what? 2023 is coming. Call now, find out <laughs> so you can make your decisions for, before then. Yes. And before the elections again, yes. and they can, 
tell us what they're going to tell us then. They're, they're telling you to overlook 2023. That means you now's the time to inquire. Absolutely. Again, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles Thorngren, always good to see you. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.